Looking good, looking good, like you know we should. Looking good today. You're listening to the Iron Mike Keenan Podcast. We're the Welcome to the Iron Mike Keenan Podcast, episode number three. Scott Morrison alongside the coach, Iron Mike Keenan, and uh, we have a very special guest to introduce today. Well, we really do, uh, do and uh, Michelle, I consider her to be a, a great friend, a uh, Hall of Fame player, uh, added a lot to our Blackhawks team, uh, uh, certainly a lot to our Canada Cup 87 team, and he has a bone to pick with me about 91, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, great to have Michelle. Michelle Goulet. Uh, hey, how much time do we have, guys? We got a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> how much time do you have? Well, it's awesome. You know, thank you to having me on, obviously. So it was Mike who brought you to Chicago. What was your reaction when you found out that you were going, A, to Chicago, and B, to play for Iron Mike? Well, I was. Uh, I knew they were following me for a while, and uh, the team at the time, I, as we all know, the Nordiques were going the other way and and trying, you know, try to get some good players. And and at the you know, I was around thirty years old, and I was really ready to move on. And and obviously, it's kind of fun to, you know, to see maybe have a chance to go with a good team. And the the only. Uh, trouble I had, I keep seeing those guys on top there, and, you know, it took them like a four or five weeks to decide. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, finally, finally, that was a uh, happened, and uh, I was so excited just to, you know, to go to a team where I have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. Because you had some really good years with those Nordiques playing with the Stasnys. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. We had a great team, really, you know, offensively, we were really good, and you know, obviously on, on the defensive side, we struggled a little bit, but uh, we had, I'd say, other 10 years that were there, uh, eight of them was uh, excellent. You know, it was so much fun. And, and playing in Quebec City, there was, uh, you know, the fans were so great. And it was just uh, a fun time to play. And But mainly I played with the Stasny on the power play. I was more with Del Hunter and Buddy Gucci and Luis Lager. We had a good one year, but... Uh, the Stasnys and the power play was where, you know, we had a tremendous power play there for years. They also had to, uh, at one one year, play against this really young team from Philadelphia. In, uh, well, in yes, so. yes. I mean, uh, the Flyers were good. The Flyers, I mean, obviously, Mike, uh, did you end up in the final on your yeah, first we, year? We did. Was it? Yeah. Well, the 85 was, yeah. playoffs. Yeah. Wow, that was an amazing run. Is it the uh, that was around Nextall that uh, winning the MVP was it? Uh, that particular year, it was. So oh, it's '87. Uh, was Hextall? Hextall. That was Pelly Lindbergh. So okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. See. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got the two mixed remember, up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I remember. That was an amazing. Show. Yeah. That was an amazing time, and obviously, you know, after you you won the championship in the EHL, that's kind of nice that you can win the Stanley Cup right the next year. <laughs> but yeah. uh, you had a really good team over there, and young and physical and demanding and you, know, you need to be ready that's for sure i want to ask you just before we get into the chicago years you were one of the the baby bulls back with the birmingham what was that experience like that was awesome you know rob ramish Craig arsberg pat riggins ricky vive and you know all those people it was like uh, craig arsberg 
And on top of that, we have John Brophy as a coach. So <laughs> no better, no better guy, no better coach to learn from. And uh, obviously, I was the youngest of all. You know, they were all 19 years old. I was 18, and that was a tremendous experience. It was like uh, the first couple of months were kind of challenging for me. The snap of the year was awesome. We had such a great group of young guys, and it was like a, just um, such a, a nice week, you know, to start a, a pro C, a pro career, obviously. So that was a, an excellent time and so much fun over there. So John Brophy and Iron Mike Keenan, any similarities? Well, he had the Petit Tiger, too. Oh, yes. Don't forget oh, Michelle. Oh, the Petit Tiger for yeah. a long time. I had the Tiger for seven years in the, in the, in the Quebec City. Bergeron. And I had, you know, Brophy uh, first and Tiger and Jacques Demers to start the first, my first rookie year in Quebec City. And after that, uh, Bergeron for seven years. And, and after that, I had a few different kind of coaches. But uh, the, the challenging one was like uh, Mike Keenan and Daryl Sutter back-to-back. That's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you learn a lot from the one, the one, because the next one is pretty similar. <laughs> yeah, Daryl was my uh, assistant coach at the time, and then became the head coach. But uh, talk about coaching, and I can tell the the fans out there that uh, Michelle Goulet and Steve Larmer had a big influence on a young fellow named Jeremy Roenick. And I could recall well, many, yeah. many times on the bench, uh, Michelle teaching him and talking to him while he was in between shifts. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, obviously, probably one of your best moves ever to put all of us, all of us together. <laughs> well, that was amazing. The, 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 the season we had, like uh, the three of us were uh, awesome. And, and you can, the JR, how much potential he had. and. And me and Larmer, the two old guys, we just, you know, tried to carry, <laughs> tried to keep up with him. He was so fast. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, that was so much fun just to see a young guy like JR, you know, trying to becoming like one of the best in the NHL. And, and it was kind of nice to see Steve and to me, one of the best two way player ever played in the NHL. And nobody really paid much attention, but Steve Larmer was, he's a tremendous hockey player and in all three zone and just an amazing guy on top of that. And, there's no question that Mike, when you, you know, you put all of the three of us together, we 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 really gel and really play well. You know, no no maybe, question about maybe, it. Maybe maybe Mike, your best your best one was maybe Gretzky and Lemieux in '87 <laughs> together. <laughs> that was a pretty good combination as well. Yes, hard hard to mess that one up. Yeah, <laughs> I I asked Mike the question off air, Michelle, and uh, you're a Hall of Famer. Should Steve Warmer be in the Hall of Fame? Well, I bring his name many, many times. You know, he's just like he was such a, a quiet guy that, you know, play well and do everything so well without any any more any more you know, noise. But it's, uh, it's no question to me he's a guy that we need to pay a little bit more attention going forward. He's a, he's a tremendous player and, you know, he's a few guys. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to make the cut, but, you know, you have the, you know, Pierre Turgeon, you have the Dale, you know, Dale Hunter over a thousand points. And, you know what I mean? You have, you have a different area that's kind of hard to, you know, just because I play with Steve and Dale Hunter, to me, it's kind of easy to, to talk about those players because they were so good at what they were doing, you know? So it's just, uh, it's so hard to make it. There's no question, but you know, it, it is what it is. But uh, 
at the end of the day, a guy like Steve Larmer should be considered, you know, sooner or later, you know. Yeah, well, hopefully one of these days he makes it because I think he should be there as well. Well, he, he was a tremendous, uh, I don't know if to uh, tell. Uh, and you brought him to New York there, too. But yeah, we brought him to New York and, and when he arrived, the players didn't realize how good he was. And certainly yeah. Steve uh, had a big impact in the Chicago franchise playing with, yep. uh, you know, Dennis Savard and also Jeremy Roenick and Michelle and, and Secord. And, and uh, uh, he was a top player, who, as uh, Michelle described. He could play in any situation. A great him. He and Dirk Gramer, excellent number one penalty killers in the league at one time, yep. too. So yep. he could do it all. Power play, penalty killing, special teams, regular, play against the best players, be a checker. didn't matter what his assignment was. He would get the job done. So it was early in the 1990 season. Uh, the Hawks trade Everett Sanapas, Daniel Vincelette, and Mario Doyon to the Nordique for Michel Goulet and goaltender Greg Millen and a sixth-round pick. Yep. Tell us about what yep. happened first when that trade happened, Mike. Well, uh, Michel wouldn't even know this story, I don't think, but uh, I was in 1979 trying out for Team Canada for the Olympic team as a player. And uh, my roommate was uh, Craig Millen. He was just coming out of Peterborough. I was playing defense with uh, Tom Laidlaw. So they put me in charge of this young player, thinking I'm going to be disciplined and look after this guy that was a little bit rambunctious off the ice. So Millensy comes in one night and throws a bucket of ice water on me after he had a couple of pops. And I said, you know, you shouldn't be doing that, waking somebody up in the middle of the night. And uh, I jumped up out, out of bed and said, you better get running because if I get a hold of you, I'm going to beat the crap out of you. So the next uh, event was he, he dressed a statue outside of the hotel with my clothes. So eventually uh, what comes around goes around or goes around comes around depends on what side of, of the story you're on. So uh, Michelle, <laughs> when, when, when Milnesy comes to you, I call him in the office and says, now Payback is going to be real miserable for you, Milnesy. I've got you now. So I don't, I don't know if you remember, but he was a little bit overweight. I made him ride the bike and and lift weights and everything else. So anyway, that was a, a little bit of a side story about the trade. For some reason, Mike, you looked like everybody was overweight when you walked in the dressing room in Chicago. For some reason. Well, I don't know why. When I got there, Michelle, there was no fitness equipment whatsoever. So... Uh, everybody did have a couple of extra pounds on them, so we trimmed that off pretty well. And I think that we we took advantage of it. I mean, Chelios was a fitness nut, and when he arrived, and a few other guys picked up on it, and the team was yep. was well conditioned and fit. And that's uh, you know we had a great run in the playoffs. I think we what how many games did we go without uh, suffering a loss? Twelve games in a row, or some of that. Twelve games in a row before we lost the, yeah. in the finals or the first but game. We were, you know, we're, but there's no question, Mike. There's no question, Mike. That you know, all year that year, what a great. Uh, I mean, we couldn't talk about any players that we had that back then, but we were the hardest working team. You know, you just we never stopped. It's just like well, it's just a machine. Every every game, you knew exactly how the Chicago Blackhawks will play, and that was so refreshing and so good to you know. For me, that was an amazing season just to be part of that group and, you know, how conditioned we were and how relentless we were and didn't matter who we played in the, fin- in the playoff there. We just we just beat everybody. And it was like, obviously, we end up in the final. But, 
you know, we went, came up short, but there's no question that was really uh, refreshing and an amazing season personally and as, and as a team, you know. Yeah, we had a, a great group of guys that were really committed to working together. They got along really well. So to help that process, uh, I would take them on little respites or little recreational events. And one time I took them for, to Banff and, and I love rock and roll music and sort of the team. And we had the team at, at this little bar in Banff and as I was leaving, I handed my credit card to Michelle and said, look after the guys. I know it's time for the coach to go. So Michelle uh, certainly looked after the guys. <laughs> I don't know if you recall that story, Michelle, or not. So the only thing I remember is uh, the next morning at the practice, I said, "Where's that Goulet? I want to see him now." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we had such a great time. That was such a, a, a fun three days, you know, just uh, to be away from the league, be away from everything, and just like uh, relaxing a little bit. That was such a, a great event and just so much fun and. There's no question, Mike, you, you had that thing right when you have a little break like that. Now today is different because they have their <laughs> all their breaks, but uh, back then it was a, you know, that was such a great a great time for the guys and you know, they just enjoy each other and having a having a fun couple of days in Banff. That was awesome. So how bad was the credit card bill? Well, it wasn't that bad, mm-hmm. but uh, I can recall also uh, coming back uh, and, and Michelle uh, I don't know if you remember or if you were with us at the time, but uh, we were in La Quinta, and uh, we were going to take them to a spa and a golf course. And I said, guys, the golfing's on me. So I stopped the front of the bus, and uh, I go to check out of my room after three or four days, like Michelle said, the guys had a good time. And I looked at the bill. It was $10,000. Not only did they play golf, they were buying golf clubs and <laughs> golf balls and golf shoes. And so... <laughs> Hey, I didn't have any clubs. I didn't have anything. <laughs> so I took the I took the bill to Bill Wirtz, and he looked at it and he said, "What's this for?" I said, "I told him your team bonding and so on." He said, uh, "He was really upset with me." I says, "I'll make a deal with you." I said, "Mr. Wirtz, if we go to the Stanley Cup Finals, you pay the bill, and if we don't, I will pay the bill." He said, "That's fair enough." So, of course, we go to the Stanley Cup Finals, but I ran down the dressing room and says, guys, we're going to the Finals. I can't afford the $10,000. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's why you were so happy when we won the third round. Huh? Exactly. <laughs> I didn't have to pay the golf bill. <laughs> Different kind of that's motivation. Awesome. Yeah, it was fun. Talk about the the 87 Canada Cup, arguably the, the greatest series, the final at least, in, in hockey history. No question. You know, uh, to me, in my career, the two Canada Cups are, you know, pretty much the highlights of my career. Obviously, it was amazing in 84, having a chance to play with Wayne and Rick Middleton as a line. In 87, you know, with Mario and Wayne and those guys, Doug Gilmore and Dale Lauerchuk. It was a, it was such an amazing team. And and there was so much pressure and fun at the same time on my end. Uh, you know, playing in the small, you know, playing in Quebec City. We all know all the Canadians are hard it is, you know, and you need to win and the pressure that you have, but it was an amazing time. And I think Mike really uh, turned things around a little bit because our training camp was not the best, but when this, you know, the, when the the tournament start, you know, we really start gel and there's no question the final was the amazing games. Never, never, I mean, you look at the first line, you look at the fourth line, and you're like, okay, you you need to be and be, be there and be ready because they're coming. They're so good, and 
there. You know, they handled the puck so well and they were so fast. So that was such an amazing tournament and obviously very proud to be on top. And there's no question that Mike and the coaching staff did a lot of things. And there's no, you know, when you look at it, uh, just the fact that he played Mario and Wayne together really changed the, the dynamic of our, our team at the time. It was an incredible series, as Michelle said. It was the last time that Canada or anyone played internationally, that particularly Canada played against the Soviet Union with Tikhonov as the coach. And there, as Michelle mentioned, the depth of their team and the rotation and, and what we were up against and the pressure uh, that we all had to deal with because of the expectations uh, that Canada would it became even greater than hockey. It became somewhat of a political uh, statement about communism and capitalism, and and we yep. all felt that. But uh, the guys really responded. Obviously, uh, great players in their prime, and uh, and uh, I think that uh, Michelle probably would agree with Wayne Gretzky. He said that was the best three hockey games that he has ever played in. And, well, uh, three, well, three, six, five hockey game is pretty hard to beat yeah. <laughs> when you think about it. <laughs> but yeah. it's, uh, you know, the thing is, people don't realize, you know, you take, you know, you take 20, 23 guys and, you know, you practice, you know, you try to get jailed for three weeks and you play against a team that probably been together forever and they know exactly what they're going to do. And us, we try to figure things out. We try to figure who's going to play with who and, you know, and as a team, you need to learn quick. Otherwise, you know, you're out of there and you're out of the tournament pretty quickly. And we know we have a lot of talent, but at the end, you know, we're not really used to play all together. And there's no, uh, when you look what Mike and, you know, the coaching staff did and make sure we have the right people playing with the right, the right uh, lines, as the, the right partner as a defenseman and the, which goalie you play. And, you know, when you look at it, it's so, so much pressure. So there was... It was an amazing time, really. And you know, and we feel it, you know, at the time that Canada was all behind us, you know, and it was such an amazing, tremendous final. Well, I remember writing a story that that team took a while to come together and play at the level, Mike, that you wanted it to, and you pushed a lot of buttons and ticked off a lot of players. Well, I can remember having a meeting with uh, Wayne, Mark, and uh, Raymond, the three of them, and they were a little bit uh, upset maybe a lot upset with me um, about how I was pushing them hard in practice, but we'd only practice, as Michelle uh, learned later, playing for me in Chicago, the practice were short and crisp, but high tempo, uh, a lot of demands physically and, and movement. And then uh, uh, when they came and I explained that to them and I didn't ask them for anything else but that one hour and that Canada expected us to win. Wayne stood up and said, I'm sorry we're here. Of course, that's the right thing to do. So let's continue to, to improve, which we did. But it was, it was as Michelle said at, at the beginning, it was a little bit more difficult to bring the group together. And uh, Michelle, I don't know if you remember the first meeting we had when uh, I delegated uh, the ice time to everyone. And I said, how many minutes are there in a hockey? And Larry Murphy hockey game Murphy's at the back and and he says 60 minutes I said well actually there's 720 it's the distribution of 60 minutes with six players mm-hmm. and three uh, you know 360 yeah. on each team 
And I said, do you mind if Wayne plays 25 and so on? So I go through every player. And there's five minutes left, and Rick Tockett says, I'm the only guy that doesn't have any ice time. I'm going to have the five minutes. I said, only if we're penalty free. So... <laughs> yeah. So that was uh, that was way, one way of galvanizing the group and bringing them to get them to understand. Like, here's Michelle, fifty goal scorer, and uh, you got other players like Howard Chuck, who's got a hundred and some odd points in Winnipeg. And now you have to play a, a different role and understand yep. that and be a part of that and be educated. As Michelle, in a very short period of time, uh, was a real interesting process for the players and for all of us. Well, there was, uh, I mean, like you say, Mike, it was, uh, everybody was playing like over 20 minutes on each, on each team. And you go to a place where you might have 11, 12 or 13. So it's a different feel. But I always thought the player, if I don't play well that day, I need to do something else to be better, you know, but defensively or trying to be, you know, at least you're not a guy that's going to cost the team to lose. <laughs> so you're trying to adjust. And I think, you know, when you look at it, Everybody on our team back then understand what you were trying to do and, you know, tried their best. And that was amazing. When you look at, you know, the Dale Awachuk, the, you know, Brent Sutter or the Mark or, you know, Doug, you know, what, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter who you talk to. It, it was an amazing feeling just to be part of that group. And, and you just, that was no big egos. You just want to win. <laughs> and uh, those three games show a, a lot of character on our, on our part and, and, that was just an amazing uh, time for hockey. So you're there for 84, 87. What happened in 91? <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> I, I was a big fan of Mike before, but after that, after that meeting, I'm like, wow. That was like three weeks of uh, training camp. I was the last guy cut. I'm like, oh, seriously? But again, I think, you know, you go there with an open mind, you work hard, and and you try to understand, you know, why the reason or why, you know. But the thing is, I'm a guy that, you know, you got to get up the next day, good or bad. You have a hat trick or you're minus three, you need to get up the next day and be the best you can be. And that's what uh, I tried to do. You know, I just, uh, you know, that was a hard time for me. But, you know, at the end of the day, Mike made the decision and with uh, his assistant coaches. And, and, and I feel it was was okay you know that's, that's life you know you just you grow up and you you mature more and you move on and uh, there's no question that was not the best day of my life though <laughs> uh, i'm sure and, and uh you know that's uh, conversely it's very 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 difficult to have to tell somebody like michelle who had added so much to our team and 87 and then uh now uh you know i'm looking at him as a player and and uh, I feel for him, and and uh, that was a that I can recall that was a five-hour discussion with the coaches, and yep. uh, the five coaches sat around for five hours and debated and and questioned ourselves, and and in the end we kept a Roby tie, uh, but yeah, Luke, uh, yeah. But Luke uh, was hey, Luke was a lucky guy. Yeah, he was lucky <laughs> because we could, uh, quite frankly, and and uh, you know Pat Burns is deceased. God bless his soul. He, he really was pushing for uh, uh, Roby tie for Luke. Uh, yeah. and, you know there was Tommy Webster, Brian Sutter, Tom Watt, Pat Burns, and myself. And 
I was pushing for Michelle. I had the ultimate decision making, but uh, because he had contributed so much, and I tried to point that out. But in the end, uh, we did it as a committee, and I had to be the bearer of yep. bad news. But uh, uh, either way, Michelle could have played for that team as well. There's no question about it. But the thing is, when you look at it, you guys make the right decision. You end up winning. So, you know, <laughs> it's the way it is. You have to look at the result. You know, it's just, I know it's sometimes, you, know, you you know, as a coach, Mike, uh, you're going to make decision. You, you won't be too popular, that's for sure. But that's the way it is. <laughs> yeah. You make decision and you move on, you know. Well, so. you, you took it very maturely, and, and I appreciate that. But the, there are days where those decisions are really tough with your own team. But this is a superstar team. And that becomes yeah. even more difficult. guys who don't get cut. The guys have never gotten cut. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, some guys have never been cut. You know, uh, and, and uh, tell I'll just talk about that for a second. In the first Canada Cup, I think I cut ten guys that ended up in the Hall of Fame: Neely, Sakic, Eiserman. Yeah. I mean, it I goes think. on and on. I think there was ten guys I cut: Scott Stevens. Cut. Scott Stevens, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I can't name them all right now, but there was there was plentiful number of them. Well, it just tells you and how many good players there are. There were great players, but they were just a little bit too young for what, and, you know, they were just young guys, really young guys. But yeah. there, there, was, there was so much competition that, you know, you had but, to. But, you know, Mike, when you look at it, Mike, you, you, you know, you did the right thing. Again, you look at the result. That's what you have to look at it, you know. It's uh, it, it, you when you have a, a bunch of good players, it's uh, it, it's not that it's not that easy as you know. When you're coaching a you know a team of superstars, you know you have a big ego. Sometimes you have to handle, and you know that's uh, it's part of the job. And you know, at the end when you look, you end up winning. So you make the right decision. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. You better win. You better win. <laughs> you better win for sure, though. <laughs> so, Michelle, you're you're pro scouting now. Uh, how do you feel about the game and how it's it's changed over the years? Personally, I'm a, I'm a big hockey fan. You know, I, I enjoy what I do and I enjoy sports and I like I enjoy hockey. And when you look at it, you know, the sports today just with all the rule change and everything else. You know, with the the concussions and all the injuries and stuff, so I think the players today are better better prepared, but safe. They're you know they play in a safe a, a safer game, I say. But uh, I really like the way the NHL is going. It's really demanding. It's really fast. It's really moving. It's uh, uh, I think we can criticize a, a lot of people, but at the end of the day, I think the league and the NHL are in a better place. And I really like what I see with all those young guys coming up, and they're superstars, uh, those franchise players. And you know, it's uh, just an amazing time to be an NHL player and and a fan at the same time. You know, I, I really enjoyed the game today. Is there anything you would tweak? Uh. Uh, I think personally, I will let the goalie still play the puck. <laughs> that's that's one of the rules. The other thing, personally, I would love to bring the the, the red line back. You know, just have a, a thing together. But it's just it's just me seeing. You know, as a as a forward, I think we just could we have to rush back to help your defenseman as a breakout when you break out of your zone. And now guys, you just go to the you know the far blue line and relax a little bit and. 
but the thing is, the rules are the rules, and I think the player adjusts and coaches adjust, and um, that's the only two little things that I would do. But uh, besides that, I think when you look at it, the commissioner, he does a good job. He could be, you know, a lot of people talk about him a lot, but to me, I think over the last 20 years, hockey is better, the the, the product is better, the games are better, and, and there's no question, you look at the standing today, you know, the the team to make the playoff, it's so hard. You know, it's an amazing, amazing uh, grind, you know, all season just to make the playoff. I love, so I really like what I see so far. You know, Michelle, I, I agree with you because uh, Scott asked me that first question, that question on the first uh, podcast. And I said, uh, I'd like to see the red line back in place uh, just to have, uh, I want to see the people with the hockey sense and the, and the quick thinkers. And I think yeah. there was more of that, uh, in fairness, uh, the people that had super hockey intelligence and, and super ability in the neutral zone had to think the game a little bit better or quicker maybe than they do now. Yeah. As Michelle said, they post up on the far blue line. They may tip it in, and then they're on the hunt on the four check. So it changed the dynamics. And, of course, I had great goaltenders who could handle the yeah. puck. So that made yeah. a big – I can still remember Mark Howell saying to me, uh, Hexie's going to put 10 more years on my career because I never have to go back in the, the, in the end zone <laughs> and pick the puck up. He just passes it up to me. So, yeah, I, I think I would love to see that as well. And I think there's a, a group of players. Uh, Bobby Orr is one of the biggest advocates of the, having the red line put back in. And, and oh, yeah. it would it would probably release the concussion factor a bit too because uh, they would be moving a little bit slower in the neutral zone than they are now with those open ice hits. Well, there's no question, Mike. To me, it would be totally different. It's a different game, you know, when you, if you put the red line back, you know. Yeah. You, you, you go as a unit of five and attack and all that. Now you just have the guy, one guy skating, the one hanging behind and, you know, taking the puck and skating all the way down. But the thing is, it is what it is. But, you know, the only little things that will like, I really like person as a player. When I was a player, I like the pick and roll. <laughs> yeah. You know, the pick and roll to me, it's part of the, it's like a little bit like in basketball, the pick and roll are part, was part of hockey. But now, you know, obviously the fact that you can't do that anymore really speed up the game. And, and that's where the danger of uh, injuries and, concussions and all that you know when the guys you know obviously coming 100 miles an hour and the guy go get the puck and he's got almost no way to protect himself you know so it's you know you can have always have uh you know better ruling but at the end of the day it's uh it is what it is and i think the player adjusts pretty well you know so yeah they do, they do but i i think that uh that part of that hockey sense we love to historically and the game survived many generations but uh, when people were scouted, they were looked they they were looked at as can they think the game? They got great talent. Yep. Michelle's, you know, could score goals, very strong, good skater, but he could think the game, and that's almost what I was referring to earlier when he and Steve Larmer would talk to Jeremy. Jeremy was just learning the game from real pros, and that's thinking the game and how to handle the. As he said, a group of five guys coming up together and how to, how to manipulate or, or systematically get through certain zones in the ice surface that are needed. 
What was JR it's, like? It's just, it's, just a, it's just funny, Mike. You, you talk about JR and Steve, and you know, I remember my first few games, and I see JR because JR really liked to handle the puck and go all the way. And I'm like, okay. One time I went after one shift, I said, okay, JR. I know you like the puck, but you know, if you see me open, give it to me and keep going. You're gonna get it back. Don't worry. And I think, and I think at the end, you know, JR really understand what we're trying to do. You know, and. Obviously, Jr. You know, already had a couple seasons of fifty goals uh, with Chicago, and you know, you can see the the guy. You didn't have to repeat two, three times what he has to say, what you have to tell him. He, he knew exactly what we're trying to do, and you no, know, and good for him. And, and there's no question, Mike. You had a big influence on him becoming like a maybe one of the best two-way player in the league and powerful. You know, yeah. and so that was an amazing. Uh, he was an amazing young guy, no question. Well, and in, in his book, you should know, Mike and Michelle, that uh, Jr. claims that uh, he once went into your coach's office and lifted your credit card, your team <laughs> credit card. So you better check those bills. I had a lot of bills that I didn't know where they were coming from. Now I'm, I'm starting to learn. <laughs> oh, you, I guess you learned, you learned well I can, from I, the Mike, veterans. I can, see you, uh, I can see you be a coach in the Chicago Blackhawks in today's game, huh? <laughs> That'd be, the bills were coming left and right, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Michelle, we really appreciate your time, and it's great catching up and uh, uh, some terrific stories. Great Michelle, memories. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. That was such a, a fun time. Thank you very much, Michelle. And we'll see you uh, along the way. All right. Good luck. Take okay. care. Take care. Bon chance. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you much. Hall of Famer Michelle Goulet, and uh, what a tremendous hockey player.